Howdy, hello, hi everyone. Coming into you live from the outskirts of Austin, Texas, you are listening to Sound and Strain with Ryan Cano, and I am your host, Ryan Cano. This is a music business podcast. This is a music podcast. This is a marijuana podcast. This is a health podcast. This is whatever the fuck it needs to be every single week. This is episode number seven. Now let's fucking go. Taking a deep breath, everyone. Now exhale. Welcome to episode number seven, and I want to start the show by apologizing about missing last week. I honestly didn't have much to say, and I sort of had what felt like a hangover. I also thought about how if I was working with an artist who wanted to release music last week, that I would be personally advising them not to do that, so I just took what my own advice would be in that scenario and applied it to the podcast. So I took a break from everything, except for, well, one thing. Yeah, I am sure you were glued to the TV watching the election results, and it kind of played out how I thought it would. I didn't think as many people who... Uh, You know, I didn't think as many people would vote for Trump this time around, but I also didn't think it would be a blowout electorally. Popular vote-wise, I mean, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are up to over 5 million more votes than the autocrat we just booted out. And I know that Orange Authoritarian and Barr are up to some fuckery, and I don't doubt how serious it is. They are probably trying to stage a coup as we speak. And at the very least, it is just a literal assault on democracy and the vote itself. And Republicans just seem fucking cool with it all, if not outright just aiding and abetting. Just pathetic desperation on their part. Uh, historic times. It really seems like DTJ just wants to literally get thrown out the White House, and I, for one, kind of want to see that happen. It would be a pretty satisfying end to his presidential career. I mean, this shit's too big for him, so, you know, it's over, dude. You're done. Done, Dada, Dunzo, done, Donnie, bye bye. It's over, all right? Fucking pathetic. You know what else was on the election? Marijuana in many states. I'd like to congratulate residents in Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota who all voted for cannabis for adult recreational use, bringing the total number of states that have approved it for that purpose up to 15. Is that many? That's crazy. I believe uh, another state approved it for medical use. in this voting round, but how that rolls out can be very limiting as we've seen here in Texas. Um, there's almost really no medical use here. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And even then it's like, I think it's just a Charlotte's web strain, which is, you know, almost no THC and mostly CBD. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just not enough medicine. 
Um, by the way, they were not even close races. So this really seems like a bipartisan issue. And quite frankly, the, the more uptight Republicans smoke down, the better. So if anyone needed to find a new wave, uh, you know, it's them. Anyways, big congrats to medical users in those new recreational states as well. The amount of medicine that's going to be available to you is going to be astounding. Infused Epsom salts, edibles, salves, tinctures, microdosing mints. Uh, it's going to help you find a lot in finding a good balance for treating your ailments. And I remember that first time I walked into a dispensary in Washington. Um, I believe it was the Vancouver, Washington, where I did this, where I visited my first dispensary. And, you know, Vancouver, Washington is just over the river from Portland, Oregon, which at that time was not a legal state yet. So um, I believe it was the Main Street Dispensary. Um, I think that was her name. Um, anyways, it was, it was off Main Street in Vancouver, and the layout was super nice. It was almost like a jewelry showcase room with friendly bud tenders everywhere and different sections that showcase what they had. You would basically make an order, and then they would put it together kind of in a back room, and then you would go pick it up at a register, you know, pay for it, and be on your way. It was really just an easy almost upscale experience. It was really mind-blowing to go to do that the first time. Speaking of Oregon, voters in that state voted to make Oregon become the first state in the nation to decriminalize the possession and personal use of all drugs. All of them. This is, this is an amazing feat. In many ways, I hope it's the start of all of us having actual adult conversations about drug use, consumptions, and how the laws against them are prohibitive, especially for different parts of our society. And, you know, laws are likely racist and, at the very least, unhelpful. Uh, addiction needs to be treated in the same manner we try to imprison people. But, you know, I guess, you know, I guess the addiction centers just don't have the same lobbyists like the private prison industry does. But Oregon really is just taking the lead at dismantling the failed war on drugs, and that's a very welcome development. And with that comes other dismantlings, which is part of the prison industrial complex, and it takes away the penalizations for, for that. So that is pretty awesome. And pivoting topic some, you know, let's dive into the strain of the week. This week, we are taking a closer inspection of White Tahoe Cookies, which is an indica strain that is a blend of the White Tahoe OG and an unknown Girl Scout Cookies cut. White Tahoe Cookies combines the best aspects of each of its parents, delivering a potent body high and creative cerebral high. These powerful effects coupled with its moderately high average THC levels creates an enjoyable high that can last for hours on end with no interruptions. White Tahoe Cookies restful effects pile on with each hit, weighing the consumer to their seat while alleviating minor pain and anxiety. I find that this strain has almost a sugary vanilla note to it up top, and I think that's coming from the strain The White, which typically appears as White Widow uh, in other places as a that blend. But yeah, The White, um, I think it's getting that vanilla on the top end, and the you know this strain kind of ends with that Tahoe OG Kush taste. Um, anyhow, these gorgeous buds from White Tahoe Cookies are dense. They're round nuggets that are deep olive green, very photogenic. They have a tightly trimmed 
orange hairs, and a coating of off-white trichomes that can take on a lavender hue under the right lighting. As the bud is broken and ground up, a nutty, earthy aroma explodes from the flower. Typical effects are relaxed, sleepy, and hungry. Common uses amongst medicinal users are for treating insomnia, loss of appetite, depression, and stress. Many users of this strain express elevated creative thoughts, euphoric feelings even, and those that suffer from lack of appetite, nausea, and other gastrointestinal issues like Crohn's disease, for instance, have recommended this strain because it alleviates those symptoms while also restoring appetite. THC levels, as mentioned before, are fairly high. They are around the 20% range on the low end and 29% range on the top end. So White Tahoe Cookies is one of the more popular indica strains, and if you are fortunate enough to run into this at your local dispensary, make sure you go grab it. How about that? Strain talk up front in the episode. Just mixing it up for you guys on sound and strain. By the way, if you haven't done this already, you know what? Go ahead, pause this episode and hit that subscribe or following button on the podcast platform you are using right now. Subscribing really helps the pod get noticed and recommended for others to listen to. And plus, you'll never miss an episode from us. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, man, leave us a five-star review, please. That definitely helps us as well. All right. Obviously, you can tell I printed out some of my notes today. Moving on. All this strain talk, guys, up front has me needing to take a mini sesh break. So let's listen to some music real quick from Austin, Texas, psychedelic garage rock queens, K-Odyssey. K-Odyssey has a new album called Knockout, which is out now on streaming platforms everywhere and on Bandcamp, where you can buy one of their limited edition cassettes. This track you are about to hear is called Seeing Double.
Once again, that was K Odyssey with Seeing Double from their sophomore LP, Knockout, which you can find on streaming platforms or you can buy, download, and stream on Bandcamp. K Odyssey is one of my favorite bands in Austin. They have really great vocals and these really cool musical moments that really showcases their songwriting prowess. They're also really just great people that, you know, that's always a plus too. So, you know, thank you to the band for letting me use your awesome music on the show. And as always, all music on this show is used by permission. Uh, when live music gets back to you, you guys just got to go see K Odyssey. I had K Odyssey playing on my company, The Loyalty Firm's official South by Southwest 2020 showcase, which of course was canceled due to COVID-19. That was really the beginning of this really trying year for for all of us. And I think all of us in Austin had it signaled to us first by the canceling of that event. And now for some of us professionals out there, there's South by Southwest 2021 chatter and some work behind that, which is super rad. And that also has me thinking about 2021 in general. Starting around this time of year, I, I usually start considering and what I want for the year coming up. I start goal setting and, you know, I just kind of imagine what I want that next year to look like. And, you know, maybe how that even applies to the greater goals you have set that are like five or 10 years out from now. And, you know, I've just been struggling with what to do or really how to treat it all. I, I personally hope my education can do a tour with Acid Mother's Temple in the USA next year, but you know, shit, man. Um, look at the USA. Like Texas cases for COVID nineteen are spiking right now. It's just really not looking great right now on that. You know, so you know who knows with international travel in USA, it all sort of gets uh, complicated because of COVID nineteen. So you know, you just take that moment by moment, uh, and I hope you know if it doesn't happen. You know, the beginning of the year, most certainly, hopefully, it can happen in the fall of 2021. I saw an article in Billboard, I believe, that uh, had the CEO of Live Nation quoting, he expects live music to return at scale next summer in 2021. And I have to imagine he meant outside the USA, but, you know, maybe he didn't. Um, I can't really quite remember uh, after that, you know, most recent sesh break. But uh, I remember reading the article thinking he was wildly optimistic. Um, I hope he's right, uh, because I found myself really needing a live music outlet this past weekend, um, especially with that last week we had with the election. I just needed to get lost in the crowd and just get lost in music and just really run into good people in the music scene that I'm used to seeing in Austin and just having, you know, some good chats. And even if it's behind masks, it would just feel fucking good. Uh, But I I really miss that experience. To help satiate that appetite, I watched a few live music programs on TV last week. Definitely not the same, but it really helped me some. And it, you know, but it also kind of intensified my desire to experience some more live music in the actual flesh but what i watched was really great i took in run the jewels holy kalama vote live performance they did on adult swim this came out a few weeks ago before the election but i caught it on hbo max uh this past weekend and wow uh run the jewels performance was something else Essentially, you are seeing a live performance of their brand new LP, RTJ4, from start to finish. And 
I, I fucking love it when bands do this. Uh, remember when Radiohead dropped in Rainbows and they had that from the basement with Nigel Godrich studio performance for the entire LP? That that was just divine. And it also lets you experience the album in its live form, which was going to be slightly, if not sometimes all the way different from what you were experiencing in that studio performance. Um, anyhow, uh, COVID-19, of course, made the circumstances happen as they were for RTJ's Holy Kalema vote. You know, maybe they would have done something like this regardless, but it was how it was presented was amazing. Killer Mike and LP are on a soundstage and they roll up in a 1987 Buick Grand National. They hop out that shit and get to working that stage. They have a DJ in tow with large LED screens, lights, strobes, fogs. Uh, it's just a big stage performance. It gives you a taste of what they had planned to bring to stadiums opening up for Rage Against the Machine. Uh, this show was peppered with guest stars, some in person like Greg Nice and Gangster Boo. Others were live on screen like Zach De La Roca or uh, Farrell. So they were doing what sounded like to be live in studio performances too, as I heard some slight differences from the album. So, um, so live on TV screen essentially, but... Anyhow, they, they do the album from start to finish, and several times I found myself kind of just getting up in the living room and dancing, hollering and just ready to get down. In reality, you know, I'm just, you know, sitting in my living room watching HBO Max from a laptop casted to my TV. So for a brief moment, anyhow, I, I got that juice though. It just, the thrill of being in the moment that a concert brings you fuck man it just uh it, it was great so holy kalama vote was a thrill it just really showcased live hip-hop at its pinnacle run the jewels are the guys for the moment with the music that really lives the vibes that are really in the air they're just as punk rock as anything out there to be honest killer mike's acapella moment in walking in the snow was just straight fucking fire and it really heightened the focus on his words that are just so powerful in this time right now just highly recommended watching at home and if you have speakers or even like really good headphones man just watch that and turn that shit up i also watched on hbo like this can be accessed on regular hbo app which means yay i can watch it across different mediums really easily uh anyways at first i you know i watched this on tv but started to kind of get late at night so i moved it to the tablet with my headphones going on hbo i watched david burns uh, american utopia this is a really wonderful and inspiring show just full of hope and just wonder it's it's very much a broadway musical style greatest hits concert show from david burns catalog including you know his talking hit stuff but you know between songs you also hear great anecdotes about life uh, how his curiosity has got him thinking about things about how we're connected and about what do we really even know newer songs are featured and they fit in very nicely with the songs you know and love forever now his backing band is out of this world they are operating really as a marching band of sorts they're untethered from their amps and they will get in line and move around they'll switch instruments uh, at times and it's wild as burn points out in the show that they aren't using backing tracks during this entire performance they're playing all that you hear and you can see all that they're playing 
that's quite a thrill because you know visually they're giving you a lot to enjoy just on that front too and i wouldn't call myself a big talking heads or david byrne fan uh, not a hater by any stretch i definitely probably like all the songs that you like just you know not super familiar or even just a huge fan I'm mentioning this because I thought this was one of the best things, maybe even one of the best concert films I've I've ever seen. I think I missed getting super into him by a few years growing up. I do remember his wildly inventive videos on MTV, but I was, I think by that time, already fully getting myself immersed in like metal and grunge and, you know, so-called gangster rap, you know, basically everything that Interscope Records was putting out. Yeah, this was just a fucking treat to watch. I loved every minute of it the whole show just had an amazing flow to it which you know i can't understate how important that is a lot of times it just flowed so well just a perfection and continuity if you're a fan of musical broadway you'll love this if you miss live music you'll love this if you love david burns music you're definitely gonna really love this so i highly recommend you check out this concert film on hbo you're just in for a really good time Spent a bunch of time on HBO this past week. I definitely have been exploring HBO Max a bit more. Um, I binge watched the entire series of Nathan For You this past weekend, and wow, like, holy shit if you have not seen this before. I had only watched a couple episodes before, as I really haven't had access to Comedy Central for uh, several years now, maybe even like a decade. So I'd seen and heard of several of his stunts, like the dumb Starbucks, just super funny stunts. And this show is around 22 minutes and each season of, you know, the four seasons has like eight episodes or so. So fairly easy binge over the course of several days. This show is basically doing a parody of business makeover shows. As the opening credits states, Nathan graduated from one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades. And now he is sharing his knowledge to help business owners in this competitive world. Uh, and, and almost every time he tries to help a business, uh, it amounts to some kind of like fraud <laughs> to, to earn more, like to earn more new business. Uh, some of my favorite schemes were the Uber episode where the plan was to start a sleeper cell of Uber drivers who would sabotage rider experiences on the call with disgruntled cabbies. They would, they would keep doing this unless Uber stopped using baby onesies, which Uber was giving out to couples who had a baby in the rides that the show was claiming was their idea. Uh, from uh, the cabs back in season one. So uh, another episode helps a liquor store increase sales by selling to underage drinkers, but holding their booze in a cabinet that they could then pick up when they are 21. And all sales are unrefundable. So teens walk in making orders and booze is taken right out their hands and they're pissed. It's, it's so much chaos. And I love how many episodes will just end with like a bewildered business and he'll ask them if they will implement his changes and they're like, no, or they're even too confused to answer it. And he'll be like, well, all right, you're welcome. <laughs> just walk off. Uh, sometimes the episodes end with him just being like, oh, I just checked and found out my suggestions were illegal. So we don't want to do that. <laughs> so, uh, and so many times the scheme just keeps adding layers after layers and you'll check in on the episode and be like I had to make sure this would work now because I have spent over $350,000 of my show's budget 
<laughs> so, uh, man, what a fun-ass show that must have been to work on. Uh, you know what? I want to play three songs this show, so let's take another sesh break to jam a single released this past summer called Cold Saki from Cosms, who are an instrumental two-piece band based in Austin, Texas. Be right back.
Welcome back. So Joshua wrote the pod an email we read on air back in episode five. And in chatting back and forth, he mentions Cosm's had, you know, new music and offered us permission to use on the show. So thank you to Josh and to the band, you know, for allowing, you know, for us to use your music. You guys can find Cosm's on Bandcamp where you can buy music from the band directly, as well as any streaming platform you may use. Maybe even the one you are using right now. How do you uh, get your music on this podcast? That's a good question, guys. Well, besides being really good and besides nepotism, uh, all you got to do is send the show an email at soundandstrain at gmail.com. Please do not send any attachments. Just a Bandcamp link or a SoundCloud link is fine. I promise I will listen to the music, and if I like what I hear, I will find a place for it on the show. To be frank, finding great music to play on the program really hasn't been too much of an issue. Almost every artist I have approached has gotten back to me super fast, and I really appreciate that. Being able to curate some music while I riff about various things is definitely what I had in mind when it came to this show. I want to remind everyone out there that this is the time to sign up for your insurance on the healthcare marketplace. The marketplace is open until December 15th, so log on to healthcare.gov and find your healthcare insurance and even dental and vision insurance for the next year. I want you all covered for 2021, so please sign up. I myself will be taking my own advice and signing up after I finish recording and editing this episode you hear. If you can afford it, I highly recommend dental insurance as well. It is super whack that dental is not part of health insurance altogether, but this is how it is for now. I recommend getting dental insurance because uh, heart health is very much tied to dental health. If you have a cavity or a need for a capped tooth or even a night guard to wear so you you aren't grinding your teeth, uh, having dental insurance provides you with a pretty large discount. And I won't lie, this shit can still be just, just so prohibitively just expensive as hell. I think the next time I have a major dental operation or like several cavities, I just may make a dental vacation of sorts. Um, go visit a place like Nogales, Mexico for a few days and then go get your dental shit done and then just go home. Uh, dental tourism is becoming more in vogue and that's all because of the fucked up costs associated with getting dental work in America. And once COVID-19 ceases to be, uh, if that's an option, I think I'm really going to consider going forward. Speaking of going forward, looking ahead to this upcoming weekend, Austin artist Jackie Vinson will be making her debut on Austin City Limits on PBS this Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Jackie's rise has been meteoric. Just three years ago, she was performing on the main stage of the Pecan Street Festival, which I was the music director and talent buyer for. Since then, she has sold out the Paramount Theater. Shortly after this, she played ACL Fest. And now she plays the legendary TV show of the same name. And this is quite a three-year rise that has been rooted in nothing but hard work to couple with her talent. I've talked about her live streaming shows on previous podcast episodes and how she is a leader in that COVID-19 pivot and, you know, really the right kind of artist for live streaming in general. Anyhow, everyone 
can go catch her now and can catch what all of Austin has been enjoying for quite some time. And it's with this news that I want to end this show with an awesome track called Surrender from none other than Jackie Vinson. This one is off her new album, Vintage Machine, which was released about a week or so ago. Make sure to buy the album on vinyl by visiting Jackie's Bandcamp page. You can also stream the LP on your favorite streaming platform. Congrats to Jackie and her team. Keep up the great work and keep doing all of Austin, Texas proud. That's the show, everyone. Have an awesome week and weekend. Make today a great day. We only live but once. See you next week, everyone. Take us home, Jackie. Little girl, why are you so worried? Hey, little girl, just try to be happy. Finding the truth can be so painful. Beauty is found when light still shines through.
<laughs> hey, kitty. Alright, shoot in the corner. Does he make it? Oh, shit. I missed.